Welcome to Cross of Gold, the podcast where two brothers, one a Christian in the political wilderness and the other a socialist in the spiritual wilderness, work to rediscover faith in each other, our communities, and the American experiment. We have begged and they have walked when our calamity came. We beg no longer, we defy them. You shall not press down upon the brow of labor this crown of thorns. Well, thank you for joining us, folks. We are back here for a very special episode for a couple different reasons. Uh, first, we have all three and now four Capo men in Hooray. the same household after the birth of Chase's first son, Cato Duke Capo. Chase, how are we doing today? How are we feeling? Uh, we're feeling blessed, uh, grateful. Uh, thankful to the point where I'm I'm aware that my thankfulness meter is probably broken and that I know I should be more feeling thankful and grateful. And so I'm praying for the capacity to to feel more thankful and grateful because I've got you guys here. Cato's here. He's, he's getting healthy from the jaundice yeah. stuff. And um, you know what? We had the in-laws in. Now mom's downstairs. It's a uh, man, especially during COVID, especially during a a crazy storm in, in the DFW area. It feels good to, to to be secure and to be all together. Absolutely. Yeah. And and kind of, you know, to mark that occasion and to celebrate it, uh, we want to use this rare opportunity to bring in our father, Chris Capo. Papa Capo. Papa Capo, who uh, has, I mean, as you all our listeners are well aware, has managed to raise two sons to the elite ranks of society. The a most podcaster. Phenomenal. Yep, podcaster. <laughs> and uh, so given that uh, that that practical experience, um, we wanted to kind of uh, bring him in to share, share his thoughts. So I guess the first thing I'll ask you, Dad, just to kind of get this going is having witnessed Chase his first few days after the birth of his son and myself not having any experience, what was going through your head yeah. as a young man with the and you know little yeah good question just but you know you too how you feeling your first time here you told us if we did a podcast it can't suck so <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you thinking <laughs> uh, well let me just say this you know what first off I'm a blessed man um, seeing uh, baby Cato down there uh, and having all of the love that's surrounding him being here in Dallas with the family. I mean, there's no, no other words to, to say blessed little surreal. I have to tell you. Yeah. You know, only, I asked only, you like, only, are you ready only, to be a grandfather? Yeah. Only 51 years old. And considering you're in your thirties, that just tells you how young I was <laughs> when you were born, no but uh, I feel good about it. I feel like he has uh, loving parents that can provide and, and uh, you know what, raise him to be, you know, a, a good man, a good productive member of society. And, love God. So, you know what? I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah. That right. in and of itself is a, is a blessing. Sure. Absolutely. So sorry. I, you know what? You've even said something. I know that's got Cyrus lit up over there about productive <laughs> member of society, but before we get into that, um, <laughs> um, uh, Cyrus would probably want to burn it down before we, <laughs> before we were productive. Um, but yeah. to his question, yeah. Man, whatever it was, 30, uh, just, uh, let, 30 let me just tell ago. you 30 plus years ago, you know, it was, uh, overwhelming, uh, scary. You know, when we had you, we had, uh, we had you somewhere around 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening. And, um, I, I was a night owl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that was after your mom having labored for about 12 hours. And then literally we took you home from the hospital, uh, noon the next day and to a little cold apartment that we could barely afford. Um, no family, uh, really no friends, because all of our friends were still out there having a good time living life. And, you know, baby was a scary thing to a bunch of 19, uh, 18, 19, 20 year olds. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, that, that is like like garlic to a vampire. man. Like, <laughs> let's stay away from that. <laughs> I thought we were good friends, but hey, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> having said that, you know, those, those were scary times. I, I mean, Fortunately, again, uh, I had a great job, a good union job uh, in the dairy business and great insurance, um, had to work hard. Oh, just so you, did you get some paternity leave? I mean, uh, I'm oh. enjoying that right now. <laughs> you know, so Ty, it's California, Ty, too. Listen, listen. Union in California. How many months did you get? Yeah, teamster, uh, right? I got the day off and then got a little bit of flack. I was a teamster um, 
back to, you know, not to get off topic. So you just got one day off. You got one day off. <laughs> and I was, I was glad to have it. And I got one day off for you too, Cyrus. So it was one of those. In fact, when you said you were getting, yeah, when you were getting off. Our I, corporation I, offers uh, <laughs> many months to fathers as well as mothers because yes. they are a progressive organization. I said you have to be wrong. <laughs> that you, you need to go back and re-ask that question. You heard them wrong, <laughs> but but you didn't hear them wrong. And I, I you know what, uh, I'm a little torn on that, but I would have loved to have spent those many months uh, with both of you. It, you know, it's, uh, it's one you? of those were for development. It is because again, I went back to work and worked a lot of hours as you guys. Know. I mean, yeah, man, just last night, like Cato was up every hour, mm-hmm. um, wanting food, multiple diaper changes. So I'm, we're still in week one. So just like, even just two weeks would be, I'm thinking critical oh, yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting well, back from graveyard shifts. Too, oh yeah. Right? Getting back from graveyard. I worked a rotating graveyard shift when you were born and then went into like a 2 AM shift. So it was, I mean, the first three to four years and I would say probably all the way through your being three or four years old, Cyrus, I would be, there would be some days that you'd get maybe seven hours, but it wasn't uncommon just to take naps. You get home, take a nap, and, and uh, then you take another nap, and then you take another nap right before you have to go to work. So if you got five or six hours in a day, it was like jackpot, man. I also took a and lot of naps in my early 20s. You did. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you start your day early. You get, up, you get up by the crack of noon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, so, you I mean, you weren't, I mean, I don't feel like a fully formed, fully developed man yet. I like to think I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm continuing to try to develop myself. But as someone who wasn't maybe fully formed in that way, what, what were kind of your thoughts about it? how to take a completely moldable ball of clay and turn it. Yeah. Into yeah. Well, it was that uh, going through your mind. How do you, you know, raise a good man, productive member of society, you know, Cyrus, I might take issue with you on completely moldable. There might be some nature and nurture there, but we'll skip that <laughs> until now dad his time. Yeah, no, geez, guys carry on conversation. It's, it's uh, h- how did I do it? How did mom and I do it? Well, I got thinking gotta about it. Like, yeah, yeah, what I was yeah. thinking about was the fact that, I really didn't have an example to be a father. You know, um, as you guys know, uh, my father left my mother and I, so I never really knew him. And then the examples that I did have of stepfathers, both of them were criminals. Both of them uh, truly had uh, spent either time in prison or were accused of murder or were uh, like- A little rough around the edges. (laughs) Yeah, they had opportunities- uh, to improve, <laughs> to improve, and weren't really good examples of what men were. Fortunately, and maybe I was just blessed, I knew that. So the only thing I really had was bad examples. And I've tried to do that my whole life in trying to raise you guys. You know, it's, it's uh, something that I think Chase or Cyrus, you're going to have to do. You've got to learn um, and, and take the good examples of what to do and, and try to model those. And then the examples that are around your life, uh, whether it's me or mom or, or p- other people you respect, don't repeat those bad behaviors or characteristics. And that's taken me, I'm still learning. Yeah, I would say. And, and so just understand that you'll, you'll always, it'll, it'll be a constant evolving job due to the environment around you, the uh, area you live, the political climate, uh, whatever was it as simple as just paying attention to the consequences of um, good and bad examples or like how do you think, especially with respect to being a parent and raising uh, a son, you see good and bad examples. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you always, you also, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. No, but like good. there were, a, no, cause we moved a couple times growing up. Yeah. And one of the things I look back on sort of incredulously is that, um, you know, we'd have a friend and you'd be like, Oh man, he's trouble or uh, he's going to end up in jail or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> you know, like, come on. I, I, mean, I like, remember I had a friend who uh, had a, a big Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven lyric poster in his room. And I couldn't have been older than 12 or 13. And I came back and, you know, you know, you always love Led Zeppelin. And I, I love Led Zeppelin at the time. It's my and favorite I, rock and roll band. <laughs> and I told you, I was like, hey, you know, my, my friend has this really sweet Led Zeppelin poster. And the first thing you said to me was, does he smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, I, uh, I, I guess, you know, kind of to build off of what Chase was saying, like, it seems like when you were first starting out, then you, it was more like you knew that what you, who you didn't want to be and who you didn't want us to be. Yeah. That's and, good. And you know that. what I, I mean, I, again, I was not raised in like a Christian home. I wasn't raised really with a father, a couple stepfathers coming in and out by the time I went on my own at about 16 and a half. So I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants and I, I kind of had an idea of how I wanted to raise you, how I wanted you to be. And it was definitely better than I was. And that, I think, so I think that's every parent. Quick insertion. Parent yeah, no, that is something that. that I hold very, very dearly. Yeah. And it almost to the point, it was an idol, not that you guys um, put it that place, but it became a, almost a, a God for me in the sense of it, it, it drove me a lot. I've got to be better than you guys, not out of a way of like proving you guys wrong, but as like a way of proving you guys, like, you know, your sacrifices were well worth yeah, honoring it. sacrifices. Yeah. Honoring too. sacrifices. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, be better. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean to be better though? But yeah. Well, I yeah. mean like, you know, something, you know, I, I don't know. I had a, um, I don't know when it was. And so this wasn't as a, necessarily as a kid, but at some point I was doing a math homework and you know, I, looked for ways out of work <laughs> in, in particularly homework or whatever else. But there was just one that, you know what mom was de- and helping me with, by the homework. way, not as much as Cyrus, but yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> differently. I, I think you've got to be good or good at it. Cyrus just doesn't want to be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, no. But what I, I guess I'm trying to say is that like, um, you know, and there are multiple examples. This is just one on my mind. Mom was helping me with math homework and I could see she was struggling with helping me with the math homework. And she's like, Chase, like I, I, I don't know, like, you, but you got to figure it out because you've got to be better than us. And I went, oh, dang, like, this is where, like, this is where it kind of goes, you know what I mean? Or I, I don't know when that was, but, mm. but it was just that, you know, she was trying as hard as she could and she was to help me learn, to help me figure it out with me. And I was like, okay, like we, we got to do this. Like this one of those small instances of pushing the baby bird out of the nest a little bit. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like even from my own childhood, I, I didn't like, quick, quick. I want to do mom justice. So now she probably does more, you know, math, even as much as I do is, is an appraiser, but different story. Yeah. A, that's true. testimony to her grit. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but j- just as a little bit of an aside, but I think to get us back to kind of what you thought about how, you know, you wanted to raise us or how you didn't want to raise mm-hmm. us. But, you know, I, some things like, like we, as we were talking about homework, like I didn't really have to try that hard in school in public schools of, you know, K through 12. But because of that, I didn't like earn my high school diploma. I felt like it just was something that happened to me. Oh, uh, and just so went through it. Yeah. It's just kind of like I passed mm-hmm. through it and I didn't really, you know, you got good grades though. Yeah. I got great grades, but public school system i mean that's a testament to the the poor quality of the public school system i think but but yeah so like when you were starting out how did you want us what were the things you wanted us to earn there we go or or yeah we wanted us to develop like you said so far well let me just say and say that uh at a, at a fairly young um or fairly early uh, yeah. in your in your life a couple things happened my grandfather duke was diagnosed with cancer and um, I was exposed to uh, Freemasonry. There's been a Freemason in our family, just so you know that, for probably 150 years. And uh, I went through the uh, chairs. It's very, very early. Now. I was like the, the youngest person ever to join this old historic lodge in Riverside. And fraternal. Uh, fraternal lodge. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And through that process, I met a lot of what I consider good men. Um, I read about a lot of good men, what I consider to be good men. And I was also exposed to really Christianity uh, because there is a, a tenet or a belief. It's not a, it's not a religion, but you kind of have to pick your, your path, so to speak. And, yeah. Express a and, belief and, and, in a and, higher power. Yeah. Yeah. For lack of a better way yeah. for me to say it. And um, that kind of did expose me to a lot of the um, good men that were out there that um, I wanted to myself emulate and I wanted my son and then sons to try and emulate also. I mean, all things I needed to work on and I still work on today is what I'm hoping you guys are working on. And also, uh, you you know, the things I pray that Cato is when he's 
uh, your age, your age, or or my age. So, mm-hmm. what what in your opinion are some of those things? Yeah, that, that is, from, it, oh, is it just dissectable, or is it? I like think just, it is, and I, and I, and you know what? I I think I can keep it somewhat simple because that's how I am is simple. But and it's one of the reasons that we encouraged West Point so much is I I would want Cato, I want you, and by the way, if you had a daughter, I would say the same thing. It's it's interchangeable between men and women. It doesn't matter. This is a human aspect. Um, I want you guys and I want Cato to be a servant leader. I want him to really be attentive uh, to the people he leads, or if you have a daughter, she leads. I want Cato to have integrity. And I, and I hope you're, you'll try to teach him how important integrity is to his words and himself, whatever he believes. Like you, Cyrus, what you believe. I want you to, I want you to have integrity to that. And I want you to, to um, be true to that. You know, respectful. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations. Yeah. Oh, whoever's listening out there, I will tell you this. <laughs> Our dinner tables, uh, sitting out by the fire, sitting in the living room, whether we're playing games, listening to music. Uh, scare the normals. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of intense conversations. And I know that's um, we always haven't been respectful, but that's how we need to be, I think, more than ever now. Um, honest. You know what? Being honest. Telling people the truth, but it has to be done in love or it, it is brutality, empathy. I think every moment in history probably takes a little bit different of a level from our leaders to be empathetic to the people that they lead. I'm not seeing that right now. Not going to get into politics, but I want my grandson to be mm. empathetic and I want you guys to be empathetic, passionate about what you do. And you guys have both been passionate about what you do. Cyrus, I see you that when you're not really passionate and you don't really believe in it, you don't do it. <laughs> so I want you to do what yeah. you're passionate about. And I've always said that. True. Enjoy life. We, I believe we were created and this is my, just my belief. And I believe we were met here for several things. One is to, to help, help our, our, our fellow, fellow citizens, our, our community. Um, but you got to enjoy life, enjoy what you're doing or don't do it. That's again, getting back to the passionate. And then, yeah. We've talked about this uh, several times and probably why you wondered so many times why we forced you into student government or into sports constantly or into different groups and clubs is really kind of the idea of a a renaissance man. And that kind of came from the readings I was doing in Freemasonry, being well balanced. Don't just be um, somebody that just focuses in on one thing. They're excellent at it, but they have no other interest. And they can't relate to other people. So at that time, that was kind of like a, pa- a concept that you were like discovering, becoming oh, yeah. passionate about, yeah. trying to learn more about. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I just remember from my childhood that being just such a fundamental part of, of my youth. What's that? The conversations with dad about wanting, uh, need, needing to be a Renaissance man, you know. But speci- I, don't, I don't know if you said this or I got this from somewhere else, but specialization is for insects. You know, we are, we are. That is something that is inherent about humanity is our ability to be diverse in our, our skills and talents. And so that was, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to hear that that's like, that that's where you got that from. I will yeah. add to this Renaissance concept. Cause I want to ask out a question, but when I met Samantha, one of the first things that struck me about her was that she was like, she literally said like, I'm a Renaissance woman like that, like that like, it was a comment that hit me to my core because of probably the conversations that we've had. For sure. I want to ask you with this list too, is, is there one that you think you wish you would have done better or you'd really want us to, you, you maybe think we're underdeveloped in the example? Because I think you've got a lot of these, all of them. And I could give you the ones I think you are in spades. I'm just really interested in your self-reflection of you in these, in these virtues that you feel like, yeah, gee, like I, you, you feel lack of confidence in because of yeah. What were some that you struggled or, or, with imparting, or slash oh. the, the ones you see lacking me that you think, boy, you need to hedge your hedge your weaknesses on in these ones. Uh, I think respectful is one, and it's come to light even more over hmm. the last four years. Uh, without getting into all the reasons why, I think that there has been a true lack of respect for different opinions and ideas, and uh, if we as, and I, I say, I consider us all leaders. What you're doing right now is leading. 
if we as leaders and people that want to see a better future for our society don't at least understand what our fellow citizens are thinking and 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 and, and it, it can't be empathetic to those and don't show that respect you know again pack it up yeah it's we're done yeah it's it's pretty much finished at that yeah, so that's why i'm so happy about what you guys are doing no we all have the three of us have different opinions and um but we need to be able to to have dialogue with some yeah we all voted for different people in the last election yeah, we did or you did not so <laughs> yeah we did. you know yeah it's uh it's it's very um tricky nowadays because yeah. i feel like a lot of the you know like respect that were imparted upon like you know like when i was raised and i think this is across the board this wasn't just a you thing but like respect for our institutions respect mm -hmm. for you know the the mechanisms that keep those institutions going like there is nothing more impressive you could be than a than a senator or a president or an astronaut or uh you know something along those lines a, a servant a leader as as i think you said but now it's it's becoming harder and harder to i think for most people to feel like they have any respect for those institutions and it's because there is there aren't servant leaders among them you know it's it's pretty clear that those people are in the in it for themselves and not much beyond that um at least i think that's the message they're sending to most people uh, i agree with that yeah so it's uh it's it's tricky um to, to tell people what to respect if, i guess if you had like a a, a, a guiding line for like what what people should be on the lookout for um the things that they should hold in higher esteem the things that they should respect you know if, if it's not these institutions necessarily but is it just our common humanity you know i mean that's one way to say it i i i think you know in one of the episodes earlier uh, that you guys had recorded uh, chase said he did like a red letter lead of read of the um of jesus in the bible and this is one of the things that has stuck with me and I need to be better at, um, especially for Christians out there. Um, you know, there's, there's the ultimate commandment and it's uh, uh, love uh, your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And that might just sound simple, but what does that mean? That, that there's a lot of meaning to that and that can try each person every single day. And I think that if we love our neighbors as ourselves and learn to do that more and more and more people do that, a lot of the issues that we have today will go away. And I know it sounds cliche and people say, oh, that's that's simple. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we do need to simplify it a little bit and, 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 and say that. So what does that mean? We need to love our neighbors. We need to love our fellow citizens regardless of gender or race or political beliefs or whatever it may be. If you have a neighbor that you totally disagree politically and they're, and they're struggling, go help them. Not to try to convince them to your way, but just go help them because that's what we should be doing regardless of politics or religion or anything like that. It's we live in a great country where you should be able to believe what you believe. I've, I've got to take that as a litmus test and, okay. and chew on it a little bit because okay. what I the application that I received from what you said was if what you're doing or saying or trying to do or say will at any will jeopardize the loving, then the the whatever you're jeopardizing isn't worth the loving, mm. being at risk. Like loving is the most important thing. Yeah. And mm. loving in truth, no doubt. Um, because yeah. you know, love doesn't mean just complete acceptance of like, you know, letting someone run it's off the bridge right. or whatever. What I'm I'm not, yeah, not, yeah. I, I, you didn't say that, but I guess what I'm really having to realize is, okay, like it's just a question. It's another question before I do something I've said in the past, I do things a lot really quickly. And that's a fear I have for Cato is I'll make a decision or whatever too quickly. And one of the a litmus tests I want to have is like, all right, for him, based off what you said, will this come across loving? Can I, can I communicate this lovingly? Otherwise, if I can't, maybe I need to wait till I can. Something like that. I would say this too. When you asked, uh, was there something that uh, I forget how you worded it that I could have done better? I could have showed more love to both of you and your mom, actually, as we went through this experience together. Um, and again, that's part of the growing process. But sometimes it came off as brutality because this is what I thought was right, right? 
um, as a father, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Um, or as a mother. Well, yeah, fully formed values that yeah. are stronger than a child's. And yeah. you, you do want to impart to them. So, and I it's... sometimes didn't take the time to really explain why and, and do it in, in, in love. So sometimes it seems brutal. Well, so that's something I've really tried to work on and I reflect on and that hopefully as uh, young men, um, as you, as you do that, you, you try to, um, impart that upon your children. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, I think circling back to the love thing a little bit, I I guess what makes me think of, like the reason why it's so hard to love our neighbors sometimes uh, is because not the, the biggest obstacle to it is just like discomfort. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't want to go over there and have a conversation with them. They're okay. weird. They're weird. Or yeah. And it's, it's literally like, there's no awkward. threat. Yeah. There's awkward. it's awkwardness. It's like, there's no threat to you in any way, except you might lose a little bit of your time and you'll have to talk to someone you had struggled to talk to for a little bit. And that kind of reminded me just in the instant of, uh, you know, on the, the flip side of the Renaissance man dichotomy is something you also kind of tried to impart to us. And I think, you know, sort of as an uncle um, who has a little bit more of an abstract responsibility for. I want to hear, yeah, you uh, pontificate a little bit on your contributions and um, to Cato as an uncle. And the quick aside there is like we I've been called uncle by my friend's parents or by friends who have children. And I'm a little uncomfortable by that, uh, actually, because I'm like, I'm, I'm not their uncle. Like, I don't have that official authority in their life. And I, I don't I won't in the future. So call me Chase or call me right. <laughs> Don Capo or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're only allowed to be an uncle if you're changing diapers. Yeah, that, yeah basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. And I, I, you know, it kind of hit me with a little bit of a wave of responsibility, although I think it is different. Um because, you know, if you're an uncle, you only have to be around until the kids start being little assholes. And then you can be like, mm. ah, I have something, I have a plan, I have plans. Uh, <laughs> Exit, stage left. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think uh, that idea that dad impressed upon us at the Renaissance man, but the other side of not wanting to be a wallflower, you know, that is, I think, a lot of the root of why people don't engage with people that they're not comfortable with. And as an uncle, I think part of my responsibility is in the social aspect of Cato's life, how he, you know, relates to play, uh, things that are outside of his immediate household experience, mm. you know, introduce him to new ideas and new concepts to um, substances. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but just in general. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, I would love to give Cato his first tequila shot when he's 18 and I can take him to Mexico city with me, uh, you know, you know, like that's, that's times. something of, that. of, of course. And, and like, obviously, you know, that there's just some things that make more sense for an uncle to do who has a little bit more leeway because he's not accountable to you or your wife. Um, <laughs> so I think that's, that's sort of what I want to do. And as, you know, getting back to the wallflower concept of, you know, putting us in all those positions of forcing us to do student council or football, or even, you know, God, God forbid wrestling, which was mm. my least favorite one. That was torture for you. <laughs> I was it the spandex or the, uh, or the, the, the conditioning? I didn't you like, like conditioning. So I, you, yeah, you I didn't work out hard. I mean, yeah, back then I wasn't big into doing a lot. Um, <laughs> I didn't really like to sweat that much. Um, I didn't, like to exert myself that hard. Well, we, also that made, we also made that very aggressive. That's just not true. And that's why I get back to passionate because you're right. You, you know, know Cyrus tries to take that, that out. But that's, he does. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. But he'll have like a 10 when pages written on something. I that... finally realized as stubborn as I was, and that gets back to being a parent is sometimes you have to change your behavior. Um, uh, and, and modify it to, to really help your child. I, I believe to my core wrestling was good for him. You did it until it was a time when you made a decision. You didn't Cyrus, on the other hand, he, he quit it much earlier. That's because I looked and I'm like, I'm torturing my son right now. Mm. This is not, this, there's no growth going on. It's <laughs> well, like negative you, growth. It's negative <laughs> growth. It's, it's really kind of arresting the development. But when you did lacrosse, you were like jackpot, man. I, you know, next thing you know, you're knocking on the door. Dad, you ready to take me? 
instead of me saying, get in the car. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, that's one of the things you're going to have to recognize chase and Cyrus one day is what, what sports, what activities are they passionate about? And you know what, if it would have been ballet dancing, it would have been ballet dancing, but that, that is the one thing you, you got to really recognize. Mm-hmm. But, and I didn't, it took me a while. I mean, again, but I mean, a lot of great examples through so doing that experience. Like, I mean, like it wasn't just those, it was that no. I was introduced and hung out with the children of your coworkers, you did. Uh, the, you know, the children of other people in the churches we went to. It's true. And so I felt like when I left um, high school and, you know, kind of went into the wild world as Cato will someday, 18 years from now, that I felt prepared to engage in a lot of different environments that I, I was, you know, able to hold my own, you keep my composure. Paralyzed or missing out because you like, you were afraid of the, the social risks or the, the whatever. I think, yeah, just had built, had been able to build up confidence through putting myself out there. And if you succeed, when you put yourself out there, you get confidence. And if you fail, when you put yourself out there, you also get confidence because you realize, Oh, I didn't die. I'm, still here nothing's yeah. really changed that's right uh you know i didn't wasn't too worried about you cyrus as much as a dad logic would say he should have <laughs> is there was times we'd have people over and you know we always had a house full of people whether it was the kids or you have get togethers and parties i'd go around i'd come around a corner and there's cyrus um I didn't know if he was drinking or not, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but having full on debates or arguments with full grown men about a topic. And I'm like, you know, I would look back and go, you know, he's going to be okay. He'll be, he'll be able to find his way one way or another. Um, because you know what, you were kind of being true to who you were. It's taken a while and, and you're still going to grow. But that's when I was like, ah, not, not too Even from like a very early age, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, mm. So our vacations were mostly camping based, uh, especially at the beginning. Played a lot of cards, got in the outdoors a lot, though. It was mm. it was good. You know, played a lot of board games. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I remember playing Harry Potter Uno by Lantern Light in, in the cold by the fire quite a bit. Um, but beyond that, you know, even as we started to get older, like Boy Scouts, that's a, that's another thing you, yeah, you that kind of forced that, us to do or forced me to do well that was something like so i i didn't get into boy scouts i did like cub scouts but that's something you guys uniquely did and i was kind of i was kind of moved on by that point almost so yeah and and you know i'm like i'm hesitant to be critical of the organization because i i do have a lot of really great memories of that time and it definitely pushed we did a 50 mile hike Uh, We would go backpacking up into the mountains and, and, you know, as an 11, 12 year old, that's a fairly formative experience. Uh, That's awesome. I mean, your aversion to the elements and exactly just getting used to being a hot and uncomfortable or cold and uncomfortable when you don't want to be. I think kind of circling back again to the role of an uncle, you know, maybe an uncle is is someone who's able to push, the, the his nephew a little bit outside of their comfort zone uh, more more so than than a dad might be able to but even in scouts you know that was a lot of it attracts a lot of different types of people who aren't the most social all the time you know ha- come from a lot of different backgrounds but i look upon those memories fondly and all, even those people who a lot of other people at that age might have considered a little outside of the normal um but it allowed me to relate to people that I might not have otherwise uh, have. But, you know, even as we got older and started to, you know, get a little bit more money from, you know, rising mm-hmm. up through, through your workplace, uh, you know, I don't remember like the food we ate changing all that much. I mean, you know, there would be different uh, restaurants and that sort of thing. Well, but- mom and dad are phenomenal cooks. Like you guys were both waiters, waitresses for a mm-hmm. while. So like, a lot of restaurant experience. Um, but yeah. like, I just remember when, as you know, you did start to make more money that those experience, like that, that money seemed to be spent on giving us experiences rather more so than, you know, just comforts um, of daily life, you know, like we went whitewater rafting. We know? got paintball guns. The, that was sweet. The paintball gun, paintballing, or, or, I mean, as we mentioned in a previous episode, the boar hunt, which as a 12 year old, <laughs> is burned into my imprinted into my memory or you know i mean like this, <laughs> this might sound crazy but like I guess, especially uh, as we like when we you know and we're you know hitting up, up upper the, that middle class 
like I, I was senior, junior, senior in high school, whatever time, like we got, like I got a motorcycle and you got a four wheeler and like you like rode the freaking wheels off that thing. Yeah. I remember like my first ride, we were <laughs> so like, I say dirt bike. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were riding up on uh, Elk city, Idaho. Elk city, Idaho. Is that right? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember we were, went to the, the bait and tackle shop to get our fishing licenses yeah. And you started up your moat, your quad, and I was right behind you, but I was in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> and I went right off of a bridge into a creek and was pinned underneath my quad. Lucky uh, you didn't die. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> and I was wearing my helmet, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but then I just remember yelling, help, yeah. help, and having no idea where anyone else, I mean, hell, if the, the, I'm lucky the creek bed was only a couple inches. Yeah, yeah you could have drowned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know... I have to say that sometimes I think back on my time as a father with you guys there. And I wonder was, did we put you in too many uh, precarious or dangerous situations? And the answer is, is yes. You really think so? But yeah. Um, who lets a 12 year old run through a jungle with a knife and pit bulls going to stab a boar? Who also um, has pretty long tusks. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it literally, <laughs> them either. there's two, yeah, that, that's a crazy story itself. But maybe um, I'm so risk averse so, to me. That's, or so maybe that's, you raised us so well. I raised like, you guys like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and that's part of it. I mean, let's start with Boy Scouts just real quick. It was one of those where I almost gave up and didn't make you finish that. But I thought it was so important to be around different types of people, to understand their perspectives. Um, there's no question. There are there are quite a few people within the uh, Boy Scouts from our experience where they're very socially awkward. Some might uh, call and, them weird. And maybe. And don't yeah. let Cyrus undersell you, though. Yeah, yeah. Dad and Cyrus got Cyrus through to uh, – Cyrus he, became an Eagle Scout. Yeah, he did. So and, and don't tell what? my shameful secret. Yeah, <laughs> well, listen, and, and I'm very proud of you for that. And um, you know what? It, I think it was a good lesson, hopefully, that you'll take with you for the rest of your life. Um, especially about understanding a lot of the people that are out there in society. That's, that's, that's a lot of our, our population. And, and um, anyways, let's just say well, that. Well, a major thing about it was service, which it was, was which service. Was, that's a good point. Community, community local community, community service. service. And um, I, so I don't regret that actually. I, know, I almost I made either. you stop, but it wasn't like wrestling. That was doing no good. Yeah. The other thing was vacations is, and as you're right, as we uh, started to uh, save more money and make more money, um, we wanted to experience things that uh, we didn't necessarily have the opportunity to experience as kids, uh, ourselves, mom and I, and we weren't going to go do any of those things uh, without you and your brother. So yeah, in fact, you sent was, us on a vacation or two yeah, with friends while I worked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still I still wonder about that decision, but yeah, I we've had this timeshare and we used it in Palm Beach, and I've never even been there, but these guys have been. I think a couple times. Cyrus, of course. Cyrus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reaps the rewards. Yeah, jeez. Having said that. The yeah. <laughs> well, it's the hind teat, but the teat itself. Teat nonetheless. Um, nonetheless. Um, but you know what, guys? You know, I'll just, since you guys mentioned the, the boar hunt, you know, going on that, and I liked how that analogy or metaphor you used, Chase, uh, because it was, even for me, a very wild experience. Uh, to be in the center of Kauai, you know, basically in a rainforest, running through the jungle uh, with really good, good, um, you know, local Kauaians, sixth generation, to learn their culture. Um, we uh, went they didn't like this, us that much at first, at least. Oh, they didn't. They, they thought it was kind of a, a little bit of, I think, a burden because it was a favor to somebody I worked with. But um, you know what? We went there with the right motivation. Uh, we really understood it was a great opportunity to understand their culture, learn their culture. And um, you know what? This boar hunt was to go uh, kill two boar for a luau to celebrate the, a wedding of one of the, the, the people there. Yeah. And um, I, I would say this, that, you know, we have video of Cyrus uh, killing a boar. The vegetarian. A, so which, yeah, which is <laughs> anyone offended, a, a, a he very, has made re recompense. <laughs> it's a scene when he says it was burned into his brain. It's burned into mine too. The story would take probably an hour, but I'll sum it up as this is that he's 12 years old. Uh, we come upon the, the boar fighting two pit bulls. Two other dogs are laying over on the side bleeding. It was, it was a very 
ugly graphic. scene, graphic scene. Mud and, everywhere. Uh, the, the head guy who's kind of the patriarch of their family. Uncle David. He, Uncle David wanted Cyrus to kill a boar. And Cyrus, at one point, he was yelling, where's Cyrus? Where's Cyrus? And we were trying to chase them. We caught up and we come across the scene. And this 80-year-old man says, Cyrus, you go kill one boar. <laughs> and he hands Cyrus this knife that was 12 like inches 12, long, 14 inches long. <laughs> basically a sword. And Cyrus looked at me and I'm like, you got a decision to make. <laughs> Stand there or go kill that boar. And Chase, to give him his credit, went over there and I have both my boys killing this boar. I'm going to jump up a little bit. That was a wild scene. You guys talked about it. Not real proud of everything that happened afterwards, getting too <laughs> drunk and all that kind of stuff. And thanks for driving us home, Cyrus. <laughs> Always happy to drive you home. I showed that video to Michelle, my wife. And uh, after she saw it, she sat there quietly and she says, never show this to a single person. And then I realized, <laughs> I'm like, huh, maybe my, my judgment's a little skewed. On, <laughs> my on what, risk assessments <laughs> are, are off calibration from the normal bit. risk assessments. Yeah, so um, anyways. No, I remember uh, it very fondly. And, and I think, you know, as we've talked well, about a little bit, is. that sort of ritual of entering manhood is one of the few yeah. things I feel like I can point to as like, I had a lot, I was like, wow, I just did that. And that's something yeah. that I actually want to be very traditional about with Cato. And this might sound, I think it is countercultural right now, but whether it's about the time he's sort of hitting puberty about the time, you know, he's going into high school mm -hmm. and get leaving high school. I want for us to, come together again with other, some other good male influences as some of your friends, some of our other family members that have, you know, come in to support us at different times, you know, socially and really, you know, been a part of our developments as well, though is, is, um, is like, and speak into his life saying like, Hey, listen, like you are going to be entering into a different phase of your life. The responsibilities are different. Your freedoms are different as well. Um, you know, Samantha and I, she's messianic Jew now, believes in Jesus. But I think there's a lot of like inherent goodness to that, um, uh, like bar mitzvah process where like there's some training, there's some memorization, there's some, um, you know, there's uh, the hunt stories is, is a good one of many because it's like, it doesn't have to be killing something, but I think it's certainly like there's, or at the 50 mile hike, you've accomplished something hard. You have confidence in yourself. And now like, and you know, it's like almost like a ceremony and there, there, I think, and man, being a part of the army, I have stood through, marched through hundreds of ceremonies with frustration, but I think like that was in a way, a ceremony for all of us, um, as many other ones were, but that was just one that we've mentioned of like, okay, we have this shared experience. We realize that like we, we, we could do something, call it the hike, call it, you know, a camping trip or whatever. And and now we are not only bound closer by that like austere experience, but but now like we're, we're richer going forward as well. Yeah. And, and I feel like that, you know, I mean, it sounds like the, the way you sort of intend to raise Cato is as a village. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'll correct you right there. Get, yeah. Your pronoun needs to be right because it, I want it to be very counterculture in the way we intend to raise Cato, because I think to be a good man, he can have one good influence. Hopefully that be me. In fact, one of the things Plutarch says about, I think it's Cato, Marcus Cato, he raised his son personally and very involved. And that was not something of the Roman like aristocracy. Right. And that's something that um, I want us all to very much do. And being dad, I'm really grateful you're uh, younger than most grandfathers because like, you know, you can get in whitewater raft and mm -hmm. hike with the best of them and those sort of things. And so, um, in the words of Royal Tenenbaum, get out there and chop it up a little bit. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so I, I, I want, I want that for him certainly. Yeah, I, I think it just like it circles back to that respect thing too. Of you know, like some respect is given, and and everyone deserves a, a base level of respect, but a lot of respect is also earned. And as you go through those kind of tribulations of young early manhood, the way you get taken into the community like it doesn't just take a village to raise a kid it takes a village to raise a village because you you bring them into the community but you bring them in, into the community you know sort of they become taken more seriously once they are able to do some of those things i think that's right and one thing you 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 i think nailed uh, chase 
is to be involved. I see too many of my friends or I saw too many of my friends or even today where the parents actually pass on the responsibility. So that's what you got to be worried about. Pass on the responsibility of raising to other people. I know it's easier said than done, but you know, if you knew my story, which you do, um, when we went on vacation, you were there. When I wasn't working, my pretty much was coaching. Yeah, that's or, right. Yeah. Um, boy, and I know that gives some of you guys some some bad memories as well. No, I mean, but, <laughs> no. And, you know, and but, thank God. But, just, but really, yeah. you know, really being there, being involved. Don't just be a participant in the process or a bystander, I should say, in the process and watch your, your kids be raised. Do it. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, if you love your if you love your family and you want to be a servant leader, that's what you're supposed to do, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, in the in the spirit of servant leadership, and and I think in the spirit of you know trying to raise a kid who's capable of doing all those things and self improvement of you know the geist of of like our bloodline, dad, our bloodline on the male side at least is fairly short. There's a short mm-hmm. history there, at least yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That's correct. And hopefully, we, as you said, have improved upon where you were at. But Chase, now you are in the same position dad was uh, 30 years ago. Mm. And what do you think? How, how, what do you, how do you see this going? Where do you want to take this, uh, this self-improvement of our, of our family um, into the next generation? What are the virtues, character attributes you're, you know, think are really important for Kato to have? Or hope that he has as he you know, enters the world of the adult? Yeah, thanks for asking. It's best and mandatory to start because it, it is with a complete dependence on on God. On one hand, I don't want to antagonize the devil and and like be boastful and say, "All right, guys, this is how we're going to do it. This is what I want. This is what we should do. We all agree." Two, four, six, eight. Yeah, and the devil's like, "Is, is that a challenge?" <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's good scripture to say that. Like, well, you know. Uh, take heed, he who, you know, boasts lest he fall, if that's the right quote. But I mean, even like, you know, Satan demands to sift Peter like wheat or, you know, Job saying like, he's only this because you let him be this. Right. And so I, I so whatever we about talk about here and, and forward is completely dependent on God's blessings and our participation and remaining in, 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 in Christ, I believe for that. So to say that God help us, God help us. I like everything you guys said, so we can all agree on those things. To add a two or three. Even the Vegas at 18 doing tequila shots? Uh, well, not Vegas, God help us, but Mexico, Mexico City. City. Oh, Mexico yeah. City. Sorry. Well, yeah. Vegas, will, me, that'll be me, Dad, and Cato. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you, Dad, to Mexico. Uh, Cyrus, right. and, Cyrus speaks Spanish, so I'm okay with that. Sorry for interrupting. Um, tell Samantha you're going to, yeah. Camp. Cabo. Cabo. <laughs> no, that's even worse. Probably. Okay. Um, it, it is, I want him to love God and know God. Dad, you said a part of that is the commandments, but I'm just starting to know God. And whether it's for the end, you know, Jesus talking about like, and I, I well, I'm trying to say is I want Cato to know God and I want God to know Cato. Right. Cause it's Jesus has a couple parables of where like someone rolls up to the gates of, you know, the, the symbolic heaven in this, in his parable. And God says like, I don't know you. Right. Um, and, and, Oh, by the way, these are like miracle workers. And so, and so I'm still growing in that. And I think I've just maybe understood a few things from your guys' examples um, from your story, dad, but also just from my, so I only think, I, I think I only understand personally on one hand, number of attributes of God through my experience, like God's forgiveness. Mm. Like I have felt God's forgiveness and take shame and frustration away that I couldn't get away myself. Right. Or I want this maybe for another episode, but hit God's humility. Like once God revealed his humility to me, I all of a sudden went, Oh, I want to be that. Like the fact that he was born in Nazareth or that he chose shepherd children who were like, you know, these little lazy agents of, you know, potential like bestiality to announce the coming of his Christ or the first person he comes out to is some immoral woman in Samaria. Like, you know, like the lowest of the low dirt in that society, he announces I'm the coming Messiah. Yeah. Like I, I, to me, I, 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 those are all examples of like me learning about God. I want Cato to learn as much as he can about God, because that's, I couldn't want, I think something more for him than to, to truly know God on a personal, intimate level. 
you, you touch on the humility and it just kind of makes me think, cause like fairly or unfairly, I think at times you've been accused of arrogance or egotism. And I, I definitely think as, you know, on a personal level, you've grown a ton from that. And I don't, wouldn't consider you an arrogant or egotistical person. Um, well, I mean, and just as to, to maybe validate that dad, you can play breath here, but like, it, no, I agree with him. <laughs> it wasn't uncommon for me to jokingly, but and this, to people like that don't know me, they're going to like, or that whatever, like I frequently referred to myself in the third person. Like it was monstrous ego. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had a high opinion of yourself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, kind of counter like what we're talking about, building this confidence for Cato and trying to instill that humility you know, what, what do you think is, is, what's the challenge to that? Where, where does that lie? Yeah. So it's, I could give you ways in which I think I could set up circumstances uh, for him to uh, think like a servant internally the best way I know how, because there were times I would, even when I was, I believed in Jesus, I given my life to Jesus and I could even read it in the Bible and I, I could, you know, read verses that says you should be humble or blessed art thou who, you know, that, and the meek that shall inherit the earth. I went, no, that's not how God are. I could even say that's not, that's not my style. Right. <laughs> so I could X's and O's it with you. I hope it's that God, Cato has the same experience with uh, the divine that I had where my eyes were open to that aspect. And I went, Oh, I want that. Like, I am not that. And I need that. Like, Give me that, please. Well, you know, it, it was a gift. Yeah. To me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dad, but I feel like, you know, part of the reason why it was so important for you to instill that sense of self-confidence in us is you didn't have a lot of people doing that for you when you oh, were. No. I, it was the exact opposite. And I always um, thought that if I had kids, that I would make sure that they were self-confident. Yeah. And um, who knows who knew it would go so far. Well, no, but, but, but Chase was very successful at what he did and very yeah. uh, outgoing. They, I, I would society say society reacted to that very well and inflated just like today's sports stars. Well, no, yeah. Dad, they like give I think them a, 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 a completely unwarranted uh, uh, inflated sense of accomplishment and ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all kids, boys, girls, doesn't matter, are susceptible to that. And there's, and you need to grow through that. Yeah, personal responsibility. Because yeah. I'd say they maybe, you know, spun me like a top, and I propelled myself into a yeah. tornado. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of yeah. that. Yeah, um, so so I, I gave a personal example of, of knowing God and, and, and I think being known by God in the sense of, like, God knows, like, you don't, you're not a poser before God. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your fears. You can't hide your immorality from God. So the one thing else uh, that I, I might want to add, two things, two, two more things I'll just add to what you guys have said because I like it. His namesake is, is, is natural, like wisdom through experience. And I want more wisdom. And I've prayed for, to God to give me a desire. It's, the scripture says you have to search for it like treasure. To get it. a thirst for the wisdom, like a doe drinks at a yeah at the stream. Yeah, that's a, you know, or a, yeah. David's talking about God with that. It's like you know, I, I no, but that's it's it's, it's very same, same it's idea. very similar. Yeah, right, because it's wisdom comes from God, and so I would love that for him, a gift of God to him, like um, where he has wisdom beyond his years to the point where I'm not looking for him to lead me, but I'm looking for God to show me wisdom through him, through you guys and him, and that's one thing I guess I've my growth in this pursuit of wisdom is confess what you do not have and repent. Right. And so if I don't have it, I'll say I don't have it and I'm open to getting it. Mm. And so that's, so Cato, I, I'm a little frustrated with the Cato Institute association or these sort of things. Cause it is a part of my political you know, past, but it's so much smaller than I really am excited to see what God does and his blessings through that name and that namesake. You didn't name him Cato cause you want him to be a fan of small government. Uh, no, no. You know, I do like, you know, um, the younger's aversion to Julius Caesar and, sure. you know, uh, fighting against tyranny to the point of personal sacrifice. I'm not going to say he should kill himself, but you get it. I think this last one or two is, you know, I want um, I want Cato to try his hardest and his smartest. That's one thing that I was that, that dad, you really and mom encouraged in me significantly was try your hardest. You must try your hardest. You don't have to get an A. You don't have to be even like a a star, but you've got to try your hardest. And that's one of those that I think you also spun me up and I tornadoed. 
right? <laughs> because like if I wasn't, it got to the point where if I wasn't like falling asleep working, then I was like, oh man, I'm I'm selling myself short, baby. Like you, you know what I mean. For so, those of you who've who've played football and been in a hitting drill against someone who's like, man, this guy's a real tryhard. That's that was Chase. Well, yeah, hundred percent uh, <laughs> every every rep, and that get went for football and everything else. Yeah, that's just probably a good example, I guess. And so I want him to try his hardest. I also want him to try his smartest, and that's one like you know, if, uh, for anyone that knows the Ranger School lingo, I was a strong Ranger, was not a smart one, um, and so that was a and it still is sometimes a liability, and that is something that um, the wisdom for the discretion to know when to be smart. When yeah. And when, and when, you know, when, and like, a, 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 you know, Clausewitz, you know, from some of our mentors at, at the Academy has said like, you know, was it with um, a, a warrior is a wrestler. They're not a battleist, right. To use an example. And I'm not saying Patton was just a battleist and not a warrior, but Patton was attack, 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 or so we kind of perceive him to be right. Sure. Where a true warrior or a true, maybe even a good man here is someone who uses his enemy's opponents or uses the situation, the good and the bad, and the, the, the momentum against itself, you can be much weaker than your opponent and still use that momentum to, to your advantage. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, there, and there's a wisdom to that, right? And so there's a wisdom and a confidence in pressure to be able to do all those things athletically or mm-hmm. make directional movements fluidly. Yeah. And so I, I want that for him. And... I know that like I'm so inept at this and, and doing it habitually so much. I maybe understand some of the things that you've said offhandedly down at different times. Like I don't think I've ever wanted to be even more than like being a leader and an example, a, a leader by example for Samantha. I want it to be for Cato. I, 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 he should be able to look at me and go like, okay, like that's definitely what he preaches. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so it's, it's fair to ask you guys, and you've never given me a short of accountability or truth telling, but in a very, very intimate way, if you see me, whether it's outbursts of anger, you know, sarcasm, anything that you can say like, yeah, hey, no, however you do it, just that you think isn't copy paste for Cato, then it, for Cato's sake, then we need to be making me the better you know, in that way. Right. We can develop Cato through slapping you around a little bit. It's true. Or right. You count, yeah. yeah. That's right. And so I don't think we'll have a problem with that. I don't think so. <laughs> well, but yeah, it's, it's an invitation. And, and I think you have the, you have the, um, if it doesn't happen, you know, Cato's blood's on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's this one. So there's this one other one I don't know much about. Cause I still really don't. I feel like in some ways Dad, I think you raised this this way, but I don't know what it means personally yet in, in God's full sense, but I think it's to hate evil. Um, hate is a, a thing that we don't like in our society, namely because it's used super bad. And, and I'm not even sure exactly the full identification of evil yet, but David says he's a man after God's own heart. And I think in one of those ways is because he, he uses it as like, as a part of his prayer, God, I love you. And to prove it, like, I hate the evil things you hate. Uh, yeah, like another word I feel like it gets used in the Bible a lot, which captures it well, is they despise. Yeah. You know. And so, evil. like, one of those things, the dad, that I realized that, like, I needed to hate some evil things was when, like, I think, it, like, I was, um, you've always said, like, you know, stick up for people, never be a bully, never be a bully. And it's at one point, I think the school had called you guys and said, like, I was bullying somebody. This is, like, elementary school. And I can't remember because there's different instances of times I was bullied or was was bullying and man, the ferocity of you with me was like, it was, it was a mixture of, of, of deep disappointment and ferocious anger of like. Left an impression. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like, you should, like, you should hate this. And you are, and you were acting this like, yeah. and, and just like it says, Jesus, like one of my, it's, I'm going to rant and I'll stop. I'm ending my rant here is that some of my favorite impressions of Jesus are his anger. When, when he was flipping the tables, that wasn't like a freak out. He like made a whip of leather cords 
and then went and flipped the tables. Like he was methodically getting angry, right. seething. He was, he was like, he I was mean? a father who was like deliberately you, you tying are, knots into a You switch. are ruining my father's house. Yeah. And then, or, but a flip switch as well is like when the disciples take the children out of the way to Jesus, it says he got indignant. Like you, like the children, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Like if you, if you, do, if you take them away, you miss the boat. Right. And so I like, have, have you even been listening? <laughs> right, right. Right. And because I have a lot of misdirected anger, like I get angry at inconveniences, like a freaking entitled 2021 millennial, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I hate that in me. Likewise. Right. And yeah. so I want that hate though, that anger that I have sort of in a natural, nice, neat reservoir to, <laughs> to be directed towards, you know, good things. Like I want to hate evil. Well, I, if I could give you one piece of advice, I remember when I was young and I think I was trying to figure out what the deal was with trying hard. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really understand how you had the passion you did when you were on the football field or whatever else. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have it. I didn't have the spark at the time at least. And I remember asking you like, where does, where does that aggression come from? Like, uh, I just don't feel as aggressive as you are. And you were like, well, what I do is I take a bottle inside me and I take all my anger and, and resentment and whatever else you said, and I put it in that bottle. And then when I'm on the football field, I break open that bottle. Mm. And while I'm sure that was useful for youth football, I don't know that it's, you know, I, I think you've grown quite a bit since then. I don't, I'm not to, not to accuse you of, of uh, being that way, but just something to look out yeah, for because I, I don't know that's the healthiest. I, well, I appreciate that, that caution. And this is one we'll leave undefined because I'm open to your tutelage guys, but it's also like why Samantha and I have gotten involved amongst this busy schedule, you know, season of our lives with, um, you know, operation underground railroad, like the anti-sex trafficking stuff for children. Like, I think of that, I read an article about that, and all of a sudden I get that same kind of angry. I'm like, hmm, like anger is a driver. And I and that's maybe one thing in society. Well, I don't want to talk about society. I don't want to talk about child sex trafficking. What I want to talk about is I think we suffocate anger in our mm. culture. And most of the time, 95% of the time, that's good suffocation, like that we should be loving and we ought to. But I do think there's evil out there that needs more anger addressed to it. And, th and that comes from like what you're talking about earlier, wisdom, knowing yourself, yeah, exactly. knowing, knowing God, which, you know, as I, you know, I haven't talked too much about my religious proclivities, but I don't think it's that different in this, in, at least in the practical sense of, I consider, you know, God or the divine to be the connection of, of the living things that make up the fabric of our lives. But that's the same thing. You know, if you have a curious mind and you're a seeker of truth, um, you know, you'll find wisdom that can, that can serve you well in this situation. Yeah. And maybe just to kind of tie a bow on this, I remember dad and, and I get a lot of things from different mom and dad, but I remember them guarding their anger in discipline because I earned myself many a spankings <laughs> and their instrument of choice was uh, a belt or multiple belts. I had belts hung on my curtain rod. Got a um, hanger with for a, a spoon yeah, a couple times. For a season of my life. <laughs> and they were actually, the belts themselves were on rotation. You remember that, Dad? I don't. But really? I'm, I'm suppressing it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Whatever. I remember Dad been doing the whole, this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm like, it doesn't something. feel that way. It did. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. No, now with the little perspective. I, oh, I yeah. can see you know, I wouldn't want to spank Kato as much, even if he does something dumb. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, guys, I, I feel like that was a pretty, pretty robust conversation. I think Kato is going to be in, in fairly good hands. Anybody have any final thoughts before we? Uh, I think this is worth re-listening to for us multiple times because I want to do honor to what you guys said and um, and encourage that. You know what I mean? Yeah. God forbid one of us isn't here when he's 18 or 21. Like, I want what you've said to live on through me, through him, that sort of thing. Any uh, parting words from you? Yeah. New, newly Papa Kappa. Yeah. Initial, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. You've, you've done well enough. We'll bring you around Father's Day, uh, these sort yeah. of things. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I would say this, that i um, very glad you guys are doing this podcast and, and having dialogue. Um, I know you have a lot of guests coming up on different topics. And uh, just uh, heed my advice, you know, be respectful, um, act with integrity. I, I would also say that, I think you guys are doing that right now and really focus on being leaders, you know, especially in these times, 
Uh, mm. We are in challenging times. As uh, uh, that's a no brainer. Was that Captain Obvious? But but be leaders. Um, and, and as and, I think you said, servant leaders, I think yeah. is going to be especially important. In the, and and mm. you know, and one of the things that in and I and even though we all have some different opinions on how to get to that end result of what we want for our society and, and our, our country. You did, you did say something that I'm passionate about. And I, and I think you guys are both passionate about, and that's really defending the defenseless chasing the work you're doing Cyrus, your beliefs. I believe they're to defend the defenseless. And I can always get behind anybody trying to defend the defenseless. That's who needs it. And that's what uh, I think one of our missions are. So having said that, thanks for having me. And thanks for, uh, wanting to, to talk with me about it. Yeah, it was, it was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Me too. We love you very much, Dad. Thanks. Thanks. Love you very much. Love you guys. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks. principles are eternal, and this has been a contest over a principle. In this contest, brother has been arrayed against brother, father against son. It is for these that we speak. We do not come as aggressors. Our war is not a war of conquest. We are fighting in defense of our homes, our families, and posterity. This has been Cross of Gold. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank Sant Invictus for producing our intro and outro songs. And uh, look forward to seeing you next time.